Listen, so when I work on Mondays, I don't like to do any work. It's just kind of like a rule I have for overall health and better well-being. Now, obviously, today was Tuesday, but because it was a three-day weekend, today felt like Monday. So I deemed it appropriate to call today a Monday. Therefore, I did no work at work, okay? So I did baseball stuff at work. That's how I live my life. Again, better well-being. And plus, I run a podcast, right? I have to get baseball news out there. And without me, this podcast doesn't go anywhere. So I was doing baseball stuff today. And I thought to myself, you know, I um, I looked at my direct deposit when I woke up this morning and I cried for about 15 or 20 minutes. And I was like, hey, dude, what if I was like a major league baseball player? Like, how much would my direct deposit be, right? So I thought of the worst contract in all of baseball right now, which is Jason Hayward's eight-year, $184 million contract. And I said, dude, I wonder how much he gets paid for like a direct deposit. So... I got out my iPhone calculator and I did some, you know, Einsteinian E equals MC squared math. And I came to the approximate value of $1,251,851 is Jason Hayward's direct deposit. And I immediately went into full on eBay slash Wikipedia mode. And I thought to myself, dude, if I had a paycheck that big, what would I buy? I made a list. I'm so excited. Listen. If I had that big of a direct deposit, the first thing I would buy, I would buy a brand new DeLorean. Dude, well, I mean, you can't buy him brand new, you understand? But you can buy him pretty much mint on eBay out in California. Like, my life goal is to buy a DeLorean. And I found one out in California for like $39,000 and it only has 79,000 miles on it. And everything is perfect on it. The thing's mint. You know, it doesn't have a flux capacitor. But I thought to myself, dude, I would totally buy a DeLorean and just cruise around with the gold wing doors up, cruising to Nelly Country Grammar on repeat, just living my best life. And I would take the DeLorean and I would go on a baseball park tour. And the greatest show on dirt would come to you from every baseball park ever. And we would just cruise to the DeLorean, right? I could do interviews in the DeLorean. Like, that would be the best thing. Like, that's the first thing I would buy. Dude, the second thing I would do is I would invest in Elon Musk's SpaceX so I could go to Mars when he sends people to Mars. Or when he sends monkeys to Mars. Like, I'll go with the monkeys, man. You know what I'm saying? I'll totally be like a guinea pig, like a test experiment. And if I invested into SpaceX, I would for sure go to Mars with the monkeys and just kind of like see what happens, man. You know, I'm a risk taker in my life. So, yeah, let's go to Mars. And then like two other things I would do, like number one, I would hire a person to come to my house and clean my microwave every single day. Because have you seen that microwave? It's got like exploded pizza rolls in it. Like, I don't know who does that shit. But it's disgusting, right? And But the last thing I would buy, man, which is something I'm super passionate about, dude. I would buy, I would have a closet built in my house. And you know, like, girls have big closet with, like, high heel shoes and scarves and stuff. Like, I would have a full-on walk-in closet with cereal in it, dude. And it would be every, my closet would have every single cereal on the market in alphabetical order where I could just walk in and like where a sneakerhead has like all their high top shoes. You would walk in my closet and there would be like Lucky Charms, Golden Grams, Apple Jacks, Honey Nut Cheerios, Apple Cinnamon Cheerios, Chocolate Cheerios, 
plain Cheerios, whatever Cheerio you wanted, dude. I would also have Frosted Flakes, Chocolate Frosted Flakes, Lucky Charms and Frosted Flakes, Smacks, Cookie Crisp, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, French Toast Crunch. You get the point. And then below my rack of cereal, I would have golden spoons. And next to each golden spoon would be a very, how you say, exquisite plate. And not a plate, no, a bowl. A bowl to pour my cereal in. And the bowls would have to be a deep bowl because when I eat cereal, I like there to be a lot of milk left because then I tip the bowl and I drink the milk out of the cereal. And then when I do that, the milk, it gets all up in my beard and it's just glorious. And those are the things I would buy with my $1,251,000 direct deposit paycheck. Let's get to the show. everybody welcome to the show this is the greatest show on dirt coming to you live from the sweet bee studios i'm your host quentin and we're going to talk us some baseball today i'm super excited i'm super pumped and dude we got some beef in baseball we've got like some tupac biggie beef right now the cubs cardinals rivalry is back and it is in full effect so here we go okay so a couple days ago at the cubs convention chris bryant what, Chris, listen, dude, Chris Bryant and Ryan Dempster were doing, like, this funny, like, late-night television, like, interview thing. Like, all in jest, dude, just trying to be funny. And St. Louis came up. The St. Louis Cardinals came up, and Chris Bryant said, dude, who would want to play in St. Louis? St. Louis is so boring. Like, out of all the places I want to play, like, I don't like playing in St. Louis. And that's what Chris Bryant said, right? And it was super funny, man. And him and Ryan Dempster basically went back and forth on like how they didn't want to play in St. Louis. And obviously, this was like the Cubs convention. So that's what you do, man. You got to like talk some smack or whatever. And I was super shocked to hear Chris Bryant actually like talk smack about like the, the St. Louis Cardinals, right? Like, I guess this was totally like in fun. But Chris Bryant, like, really doesn't – I've never – I don't think Chris Bryant's ever cussed or farted in his whole entire life. Dude, he's, like, the most polite guy in the world. Like, I don't know what he does when he eats, like, chili or, like, real thick queso dip. I have no clue. But – or, like, what's he do when he stubs his toe? Is he just like, oh, shoot, man. It's nuts. But nonetheless, Chris Bryant is a super cool dude. But Yadier Molina, bro – Yadi Molina, he got neck tattoos, son. Like, he's got neck tattoos that make you think that he's killed someone, been to jail, and he ain't afraid to go back, man. He looks, dude, he, he looks like he's in the, he looks like he's in the crypts, bro. Like, he looks like he'll cut you deep. And as it turns out, I think he would cut you deep. So Yadi took to Twitter, or shoot, to Instagram, actually, and called Ryan Dempster and Chris Bryant stupid players and losers, and then went on to say that he will not forget about the incident and cannot wait to see them on the field. Dude, this honestly right now 
is one of the best things that's happened in the offseason. And Bryce Harper and Manny Machado can sign tomorrow. And this is still the best thing that's happened in the offseason. This is what baseball needs more of. Listen, I was pretty harsh at first on Yadi Molina because I was like, dude, like, take a break. But then I thought about it for a second. And I remembered, like, like Khabib and Conor McGregor, like, or Khabib and, or shoot, Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather, like, getting at each other hardcore on the UFC stage. And I'm like, dude, what if baseball was like that? Like, we need players talking crap. Like, baseball in the 80s? Dude, they would throw at people's heads. I got a video on my phone where a guy literally throws, after getting thrown at, this batter throws his baseball bat at the pitcher and then charges the mound. Like, where is that at in baseball? And, buddy, I think we got a little bit of it right here in the Chris Bryant Yadier Molina beef. I'm super stoked about this right now. And also, hold on, I've got a quote somewhere here. Let me find this quote from Yadier. So knowing all we know about Yadier Molina, neck, tattoo, and all, I'm going to read you what Yadier Molina told MLB.com about the situation. And regarding Chris Bryant, saying that St. Louis was boring. Yadier Molina goes, if anybody says something bad about my home, I'm going to be there for us. I said to the guys, we are like family. We have to stick together. We have to defend ourselves, and we have to defend our ground. Whoever says something about us, we're going to be there to defend us. Whoa, this sounds like the L.A. gang wars of the 80s. Holy crap, all I got to say is someone's getting thrown at on May 3rd, and I'm not mad about it. Baseball, dude, I love this for baseball. Baseball needs more of this. Honestly, Baseball players are a little too nice to each other, man. I don't want my baseball players to be friends. I don't want them hanging out at first base. Like, when the Red Sox and the Yankees play, honestly, they all kind of like each other, and I don't really get the gist that they're going to fight, you know? Like, when Jason Veritek and Alex Rodriguez got into a fight. Like, I don't really sense that sort of stuff's happening anymore, but now when the Cubs and Cardinals play, all baseball fans are going to be on high alert because... Um, you know, like, I don't think Chris Bryant is much of a fighter, but I know Anthony Rizzo is because one time he tried to fight the whole Cincinnati Reds dugout. And I'm fairly certain that Yadier Molina is not afraid of the law. He's just not. He's not afraid of police. And he's going to look at these quotes, defend our ground. Dude, it's like the block is his. Like, don't come to his block. Like, you see where he's at in St. Louis? St. Louis is his territory, and Yadier Molina is, Yadier Molina runs that territory. You can't come in this territory and run game. Nope. And Yadier Molina is about to tell you that right now, and I absolutely love it. This is so much. Like, obviously— you know, athletes like Mike Tyson and Conor McGregor, they said quite a bit more than this. But to inject just a little bit of this, like, fight game, like, smack talk in baseball, I love it, and I wish we had more of it, man. Honestly, I think guys are too nice in competition, and I don't think there's anything wrong with this at all. And self-admittedly, I said it at first, and I was like, dude, Yadi and Molina's, like, jumping the gun. Like, why is this guy so mad? And then I slept on it for, like, a day, and then I was like, Dude, Yadi Molina, this is awesome, man. He should jump the gun on this and make it a thing, dude. He's an intense dude. And honestly, Chris Bryant was joking when he said it, and I was shocked that Chris Bryant said it. But, dude, I'm glad he said it, man. Let's get this rivalry going. 
I think in recent years, I know the Cardinals haven't made the playoffs since 2015, but there's not really a lot of, I mean, honestly, like the Cubs and the Brewers seem like more of a rivalry than the Cubs and Cardinals do, but not anymore. It's about to be a fight, dude. And I can't wait for guys to start throwing at each other, sliding hard into second. Dude, I am super, super pumped about this. Just word to the wise, don't call St. Louis boring because Yadier Molina and his neck tattoo will cut you deep. All right, next on the front, I'm going to make some really bad baseball predictions, right? If you've listened to the podcast, you know if I have any sort of hot take or if I predict anything, it's wrong about 99.9% of the time. Like, I'm wrong on my um, hot takes to a higher percentage than what birth control is effective, right? Birth control commercials say it's like 99.99% effective, right? The percentage that I'm wrong on hot takes is a hair higher than the effectiveness of birth control, right? So I'm pretty much a lock to whatever I say. It's just going to be wrong, man, and I can't help it. But I want to give you guys a little bit of Manny Machado and Bryce Harper news, dude, because if I didn't, I mean, what the hell did I do at work all day? Like, You know I didn't work. I read about Manny Machado and Bryce Harper, dude. Okay, so here's what I think, man. If you're wondering where Bryce and Manny are going to go, I for sure think Bryce Harper is going to be a Philadelphia Philly now. I would say a month ago, I thought he was going to be a Dodger, and then I thought he was going to be a Cub, then I thought he was going to be a White Sox, and like, honest to God, dude, just name a baseball team, and I've probably said that's where Bryce Harper is going to go, and I just said that, so like, I can't be wrong, right? But I thought about Manny, uh, Bryce Harper going to the Phillies, and here's what I think that, dude. We see as the market unfolds, God, am I breathing heavy into this mic like I think I am? I'm sorry if you're in your car and you hear me breathing heavy, dude. It's like I'm doing this thing by myself tonight and I just ate like three bowls of spaghetti. So, woo, damn it, man. Okay. Okay, here's what I got, dude. The market's pretty stagnant, dude. There aren't a lot of teams that are throwing money at these guys like super hardcore, right? It's just not happening. So when I sit back and think about it, I'm like, I know there were earlier reports that said, hey, Bryce Harper doesn't like Philly and neither does Manny Machado. I was like, whatever, dude. There's reports. But apparently Bryce Harper and Gabe Kapler um, really hit it off in their meeting in Vegas because some Philly dudes went to Vegas to hang out with B Harp. You know what I'm saying? And obviously they're both into fitness. Like Bryce Harper's yoked. Gabe Kapler looks like a fitness model. It's pretty wild, dude. So I got a feeling like they could be pretty tight bros. But so what I'm getting at is this so man, since the market hasn't really thrown money at Harper and Machado like we thought they would, I feel like at this point, John Middleton, who is the uh, the Philadelphia Phillies owner, he already said he's ready to spend stupid money this offseason. And because people aren't throwing money at Bryce Harper, I think at this point the Phillies are going to outbid anyone for Bryce Harper. And when you throw that in with the combination of Bryce Harper and Jason Worth were teammates. They know each other really good, and they played together for a while. And Jason Worth was a World Series champion with the Philadelphia Phillies. So you've got to know that Jason Worth has talked to Bryce Harper about what it's like to play in Philly, what it's like to win in Philly, and what the fans are like in Philly, and what the city's like in Philly. Because Jason Worth loves Philadelphia. So because of that friendship, 
that I know Bryce Harper knows he can trust Jason Hayward. Or shoot, I know that Bryce Harper knows he can trust Jason Worth. So when you factor that in on top of the market, not escalating the price of, you know, free agents super, super high. At this point, I feel like the Philadelphia Phillies can and will outspend anyone by a really damn good margin because they've saved for this moment for like four or five years now. But also, Philly is such a huge sports market with rabid fans and the Philadelphia Phillies know that whatever they have to dole out for Bryce Harper, they will get a huge return on investment because Philly fans are wild, bro. They're relentless. Philadelphia Philly fans, just like Yadier Molina, look like, or probably in real life, have been to jail and aren't afraid to go back. And they love their sports, man. It's great, dude. So because of those two reasons... Because of the way the market's unfolding, because of the money Philly can spend, because of the rabid fan base and Philly's desire to say no matter what happens, and I truly believe it, that Philly is thinking this, the Phillies are thinking no matter what happens, we have to have Manny Machado or Bryce Harper at all costs, and then factor in that Jason Worth-Bryce Harper friendship, Bryce Harper's going to be a Philadelphia Philly, right? Now... Manny Machado, on the other hand, I don't have a freaking clue where he's going. I have no idea, man. All the internet tells me, like, so I worked eight hours today, and I surfed the internet for baseball for, like, six hours, right? And all the internet really says, man, is that Manny Machado's been offered seven years and $175 million. Now, that's that's a significant bargain, bro. Seven years and $175 million? For Manny Machado is like going to Walmart and finding Terminator 2 Judgment Day on DVD in the dollar DVD bin. It's the greatest deal ever, dude. Because think of it like this. Albert Pujols, who's like 20 years older than Manny Machado, he signed a seven-year and $240 million contract. I'm not sure if Albert Pujols can bend over to tie his shoes, man. So, like, that's the going rate for guys right now. If you could get Manny at 7 and 175 Hell, man, if Manny's going to go for seven years and 175, the damn Phillies might sign both Harper and Machado at this point because the market's depleting the amount of money these guys are going to get paid. I don't think the Phillies are going to get them both. I don't know where Manny's going to go, man. I never really thought that Manny would fit Philly culture. You know, when I think of Philadelphia Phillies culture, I think of like Darren Dalton and John Crook and Wild Thing Mitch Williams and just these beautiful Wisconsin waterfall mullets. And I see Bryce Harper fitting into that, man. But Manny Machado, he's more of like a slick, clean guy, man. He's more of like a L.A. Dodger, New York Yankee type of guy. And I could totally see Manny Machado going to the south side on the White Sox. You know, you tell me that the White Sox aren't notorious big spenders. No one thinks of the White Sox as being a big spender. But remember, when the White Sox signed Albert Bell, they made Albert Bell the highest paid player in baseball, dude. You know, so the, the White Sox can do it. And, you know, 
Um, Jerry Reinsdorf, he's going to die soon, so he probably wants like to sign some big names and get this team winning the World Series. And, you know, you can say that like Jerry Reinsdorf's not a big spender, but, you know, he's entrusted Rick Hahn, White Sox GM, to do this phenomenal rebuild. So I think he'll let Rick and crew, you know, sign those guys. So I don't think Manny's going to go to the Yankees. I don't think he'll go to the Phillies, and I don't think he'll go to the Dodgers, obviously, because the Dodgers have Justin Turner and Corey Seager. So I guess right now, man, the only thing I can go with is, you know, Manny Machado to the White Sox because, I mean, I, I just I, I don't know where else, man, but I do know this. I'm probably wrong. I Truth be told, I don't think I'm wrong about Bryce Harper to the Phillies. I'd say I'm wrong about Manny Machado to the White Sox because there are a lot of probably mystery teams out there. And it's hard to say where they'll go, man. Like, you know, I could see the San Francisco Giants spending some money. I could see, hell, man, maybe even the Oakland Athletics. Um, I had some other teams in my head, too, man, that I thought would spend. Hold on. Um, man, maybe, you know. I, I don't think the Cubs would make the move on him, but I wouldn't be totally surprised if, because the going rate for Machado is getting so low that – if Manny Machado found himself on the north side of Chicago. So, you know, maybe he does, but you want to know who could sign either one of these guys. And don't be surprised if Bryce Harper or Manny Machado signs with the San Diego Padres, man. The San Diego Padres have a phenomenal farm system. The San Diego Padres never really get talked about, man. They're out west. And when you think of west coast teams, like you sort of think it's just like the Giants and the Dodgers and, like, the Angels because they have Trout and Otani. But the Padres don't get talked about, man. I mean, and when you say the Padres, you're like, oh, yeah, Tony Gwynn. And you probably can't name another person that ever played for the San Diego Padres. But I could see the Padres signing one of these guys. And, you know, San Diego has, like, the best weather in the United States. So I'm pretty sure it wouldn't be a problem for either player to take a healthy chunk of money because San Diego could afford to spend – and, you know, they would kind of do, you know, what any rebuilding team does. You know, you've, uh, you want to sign a big vet, man. And what's really great about getting Manny Machado or Bryce Harper right now is when you're doing your rebuild and you sign a veteran player, you just assume by the time that veteran player is a free agent and you can sign him that he's probably like 30 years old. But what's phenomenal is you can – Take your rebuilding team, like if you're the Padres or the White Sox or the Phillies, and you have all these young players you're bringing up, and then when you sign your big vet, like your dude that's going to lead the clubhouse and lead the charge and change the culture and turn you in from a 95-loss team to a 95-win team, this leader that you sign that signifies the end of the rebuild— Hell, he's not 30. He's 26. He's still got pimples on his face, man. And he's still, you know, arguing about whether he wants to hustle the first or not. Like, this is great, dude. This, honestly, in this age of tanking, dude, the tanking team is never going to benefit as much as they are now because they've got the ability to sign their veteran leader and they can sign him for 10 years. Because your veteran leader is only 26, which is phenomenal. You don't have to sign a 30-year-old guy like the Cubs did with, like, John Lester. You know what I mean? You're getting a kid, man. This is great news. So look for the Padres, too, man. That whole thing could happen for them, you know? I don't, um, any other sleeper teams? I honestly can't think of anyone else, man. Obviously, you know, you've got the Braves. You know, the Atlanta Braves can spend 
the St. Louis Cardinals. I don't see the St. Louis Cardinals signing Bryce Harper because I still think they can pay it as much money. And there's a whole Jason Worth Philly connection. So I think, honest to God, dude, if Bryce Harper doesn't go to the Philadelphia Phillies, he goes to the San Diego Padres. If Manny Machado doesn't go to the Yankees or the Phillies or the White Sox, he goes to the San Diego Padres. Honestly, I've got the Padres as kind of a wild card to get either one of these dudes, man. I'm telling you, I'm probably wrong, but dude, if I'm right, remember this moment right now. This is the point oh 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 one percent chance that I was right, dude. Hell, a clock's, a clock's right. A, what's that quote, man? I said Jay-Z rap, dude. A broken clock is right two times a day. <laughs> That's what's up, dude. I'm right like two times never. All right, other baseball news to get you through your workday. Josh Reddick. Houston Astros outfielder got married over the weekend. He got married to his wife, and him and his wife entered their wedding reception in full-on Ric Flair nature boy. Woo! Ric Flair, wheeling, dealing, kiss-stealing, jet-flying, son of a gun. Full-on robes with world championship belts around their waist. Yes, you heard me right. This man got his wife to enter their wedding reception in a Ric Flair robe and a world championship belt around their waist. Dude, I swear to God right now, I'll get on LegalZoom.com, do the paperwork myself to divorce my wife so I can remarry her with championship belts around our waist. Dude, I don't know how. That's literally the best love that there is in the whole entire world. Like what says love more than a Ric Flair nature boy robe with the thickest gold belt around your waist that locks in and says, baby, I love you. We're champions. I mean, this is not it, dude. Like this is the greatest thing ever, man. They have a championship marriage, dude. I love it, man. Cheers to Josh Reddick for, outdoing Ryan Gosling on The Notebook for outdoing any romantic comedy that you've ever seen in your life. You know, I thought John Cusack was really like this romantic dude when he's outside the girl's window and he's got the boombox up and he's like, baby, I love you, bro. Show me you love me by putting a championship belt around my waist. Honey, we're getting divorced tomorrow because we got another wedding to plan, baby. Let's do it. Woo! You betcha, baby. Okay, other news, man. The Hall of Fame, dude. They announced the Hall of Fame like tonight, man. It just like two hours ago, dude. Uh, your Hall of Fame dudes that got in, Mariano Rivera, they voted him in unanimously, which to me is weird, man. Honestly, dude, if I would have ever thought of a guy to break through and be a unanimous Hall of Fame decision. I think it should have been, I wish it would have been somebody like King Griffey Jr. or Greg Maddox, dude. But like to have your first unanimous Hall of Famer to be like a reliever, like a closer, like, yeah, he's the best closer ever, but I don't know, man. It just, whatever. I, I, I'm, I'm just, dude, honestly, like Greg Maddox and King Griffey Jr., like two of my favorite players ever. And the fact that Mariona Rivera got in unanimously, but, like, Greg Maddox or King Griffey Jr. didn't. Like, I think those guys were way better players than what Mariano Rivera was. But Rivera won five World Series titles because he was with the Yankees and had, like, a .7 postseason earned run average. So, 
you can't really deny that. But I'm shocked, man. I'm shocked he got in unanimously because, you know, there's not a team in baseball that really thinks relievers are that important. I mean, relievers don't get paid, dude. So I'm, I'm shocked he got in unanimously, man. Good for him. Congratulations. I just wish it would have been somebody else like Griffey Jr. or Greg Maddox or like Derek Jeter next year, right? But hey, that's me. Uh, Mike Mussina got in. Roy Halladay got in. Dude, uh, so pumped for his family, man. Um, obviously, Roy Halladay passed away about a year ago, and it's just, it was heartbreaking, dude, that it happened, and I watched his memorial service. Dude, his wife and his kids, Chase Utley, the guys that spoke about Roy Halladay and, you know, what type of worker he was. Such a grinder, dude. Chase Utley told this story about getting to the ballpark at, like, 5 a.m. one time, and Roy Halladay was already covered in sweat because, like, he got there at 4 a.m. to work out. Dude, the guy was a workaholic. He was determined. He worked his ass off, and it showed because his uh, his career win-loss record was, like, 203 and 105 or something like that, dude. So he didn't lose a lot. Like, his winning percentage was, like, 650 or something. Had a career. Um, his career ERA was, like, a low three, dude. Phenomenal baseball player. Such a great thing that he got in. I can't imagine how his wife and kids feel right now just, you know, remembering how important their dad was. And to be able to see other people remember him and recognize him, that just even adds to, you know, how great of a husband and father that that family had. And it's, it's, it's honestly, it's just beautiful to see that happen, man. It's got to be so rewarding. It's got to make you feel good about, you know, the father that you were lucky enough to have. And the fact that everyone recognizes that as well, you know, as, as a, you know, as a wife and a, and a son that, your dad was the real deal. And just to see people, you know, embrace that fact, man, has to feel good. The uh, few guys that didn't get in, which you'll want to know, Barry Bonds didn't get in, 59.1% of the vote. You have to have 75 to get in. Clemens didn't get in, 59.5%. Kurt Schilling got 60.9% of the vote, and he didn't get in the Hall of Fame, man. So those three guys, Bonds, Clemens, and Schilling, they're in their seventh year, their last season on the ballot will be 2022. I think all three of the guys will get into the Hall of Fame. I really do, man. For sure, like, if you're debatable on the performance-enhancing drug, you know, like, not voting Clemens and Bonds, like, I get that. But I don't get why Kurt Schilling is not in the Hall of Fame. It's completely mind-boggling to me, dude. Like, Kurt Schilling was a really, really good regular season pitcher he was a really really great postseason pitcher and I'm not just talking about the bloody sock game there are games when he was with the Diamondbacks other games when he was with Boston games when he was like a Philly dude Kurt Schilling in the postseason was lock him down shut him down Doc Holliday gunning down Johnny Ringo and taking what's his man phenomenal postseason pitcher, dude. Kurt Schilling is like the Shawn Michaels of Major League Baseball postseason. It's just nuts, dude. When the lights go on, he was phenomenal, man. I'm disappointed not to see him in the Hall of Fame. He'll get there, though. He'll get there before it's up, before 2022. He might be like a 10th-year ballot guy, but I think people are going to come around on him because this year his percentage jumped like it went from 53% to 60%. So we got a big hike, dude. And as new writers come on and they recognize him, I think people don't want to give Kurt Schilling like an easy go to get into the Hall of Fame because he's sort of a dick or whatever politically is what people think. But I think he'll get there.
Uh, the last guy I want to mention, Fred McGriff is now off the Hall of Fame ballot. So he did not get voted in the Hall of Fame. I think he ran like 35% of the vote this last go around. And it's heartbreaking to me, man. Um, not just because he hit 493 home runs or the fact that he would be a 500 home run guy if it wasn't for the strike. But kind of like Kurt Schilling, Fred McGriff was a really good regular season hitter. He was a phenomenal postseason hitter, man. Well over a 900 OPS in the postseason. I want to say half of his postseason hits were of the extra base variety. Just a damn good left-handed hitter and even better in the playoffs, man. The only World Series that the Atlanta Braves won, it was in 96, I believe, and Fred McGriff was on that team, man. Helped lead them to that World Series victory. And dude, those classic TBS Atlanta Braves teams. Dude, one of the funnest things growing up it's like where I grew up at, man, I would watch the Cubs on WGN and I would watch the Atlanta Braves on TBS, dude. And I miss, I miss those days, man, where you would just have like your baseball games on just like the local network, dude, like your local cable channel. Because now if you want to watch your team play baseball, you've got to buy like the MLB package and it's like these big conglomerates. And it seems like back in the day, dude, you would just like, you could just watch it on like your local channels. And at least with me, man, it just doesn't seem like that happens anymore. You know, like it used to. I guess people probably watch baseball on their local channels. But there was just something about it, man. Watching the Atlanta Braves on TBS, dude, like Fred McGriff, Dave Justice, Ron Gant, Mark Lemke, Terry Pendleton, John Smoltz, Steve Avery. Dude, those Atlanta Braves teams were phenomenal, man. And watching Fred McGriff play baseball growing up like you knew he was a hall of famer and then like he doesn't get elected in and it's like damn man I don't know why that Fred McGriff didn't get elected in you know you have baseball writers that don't want to vote for Bonds and Clemens because they were dirty in the steroid era but then you have Fred McGriff that was clean in the steroid era but you won't vote for him like, why won't you vote for Fred McGriff? Because he only had 493 home runs? I'm sorry he didn't take steroids. So get it together, Riders. You don't want to vote for the seven home run, the 700 home run, seven Cy Young winner guy that took steroids, but you won't vote for the 500 home run guy. Well, 493, like I said, would be 500. If it wasn't for the strike, but you'll vote for the 700, you won't vote for the 700 home run guy that took steroids, but you also won't vote for the 493 home run guy that didn't take steroids. Like, I'm so confused, man. Like, Fred McGriff said it best. He's like, I mean, I'm not going to get in the Hall of Fame. I didn't take steroids. Like, I guess I'm the dummy, dude. Like, I'm sorry, but Pudge Rodriguez and Mike Piazza are in the Hall of Fame, and all signs point to needles in the ass when you look at those two guys. And so I look at Fred McGriff and I'm like, dude, truth be told, if Harold Baines can get in, anyone can do it, man. So Fred McGriff will get in the Hall of Fame when he goes to the um, the era committees that revisits players that didn't get into the Hall of Fame. But he's going to have to wait years for that. I don't know how much. That could be five years from now. I'm not too sure 
when that eligibility rolls around, man. But I'm, I'm, I'm sad, man, to see Fred McGriff not get in. But, you know, that is what it is. But, oh, crap, we're at 34 minutes, dude. I'll wrap this show up, man. I thought I had maybe some funnier, funny stuff written down. <laughs> funny stuff written down. But we'll get to that stuff next time. But otherwise, dude, thanks for listening to the show. I'm going to um, edit this bad boy and get it posted on iTunes. I don't know where you guys listen at, man, but uh, we're on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and Overcast FM, so listen where you want. But otherwise, thanks a ton for listening to me breathe heavy into the mic and rant about baseball. And our court playing episode, we'll be back to you in a couple days. But otherwise, take care. Have a phenomenal week. And uh, 65 days till opening day, guys. So uh, we'll catch you next time, dude. Take care.